Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome to the good old Arsenal. Everybody's okay after yesterday. By, by the way, lads, we moved up to third place yesterday. Well, what can you say about that? I'll say we're all happy about that, aren't we? We're, you know, everybody's happy about the uh, the play, that we are third in the league. Third in the league, one point behind Man City, and going going great guns as far as the results. It's a business. Harry, how are you, son? All right, not too bad, man. Not too. Bad. Bad. Uh, glad to see Arsenal uh, creeping up the table. Yeah, that's it. I know you've got something to say, so um, you know. So the platform is yours, as I say. Yeah, I just wanted to um, ask for people's help. Basically, I know a lot of you guys listen to the podcast on a weekly basis, and I know a lot of you make donations in the super chat. Um, this week, we're supporting a really important cause—a family friend who has unfortunately been taken ill uh, in Cyprus. He's retired to Cyprus, but he's been taken ill, and the treatment he needs requires him to come back to the UK. But unfortunately, it's of huge cost to the family. Um, they need to raise around about £35,000. Um, so Craig has been really kind and said that anything donated in the Super Chat tonight uh, will be sent over to those guys on their GoFundMe page. And I'll be putting the link uh, in the description as well after we finish the pod. Um, so big thanks to everyone. If they can even anything that you can, will be massive helpful, uh, massively helpful, sorry, uh, to the family who, as you can understand, they're going through a really, really distressing time at the moment. And I understand he's a big gooner as well, like, is that he, correct? Like, he yeah. is a gooner, he is a gooner. So let's help the gooner family help, help if we gooner can. Help the gooner family, that's what we want to do. Like. That's it. Okay, so that'd be brilliant. Like, you know, all donations would be fantastic, like, yeah, for that. Dan, how are we, how are we mate? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, mate. I'm um, recovered from the weekend, had a couple of beers and um, obviously yesterday's football match was all good. So, 
Yeah, well, I say all good. We got three points. That was a, that was all right. <laughs> yeah, brilliant, brilliant. I, I, well, I wish I had a few more beers after watching that yesterday. It would have been a lot more easier, I think. Like you know, well, uh, I, I quite agree with that, mate. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. I, I'll put out a tweet today saying, look, it's not necessarily moaning, you know, today. It, it's 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 concern and and listen, I, I have to say that uh, fantastic that we're in the third place. I'm buzzing because we won. It's been great. Game. I'll tell you, it's been great going to work today. All the Spurs fans now, funny enough, are not interested in football no more. They've, you know, I love, absolutely love it. Right, you know, And there's us, you know, moaning because we're, we're third in the league and, and another three points on the, old, uh, on the old table. But there are concerns. Uh, I felt that it was, again, poor yesterday. Uh, you know, people keep saying, oh, once we get Bellerin back, once we get Tierney back into the side and also we get Holding back in. Like, but that doesn't, for me... Uh, solve our problems in midfield because I still think that's where it's all coming from. I felt that you know the, the service into Aubameyang yesterday was poor. In saying that, I thought that was Abba's worst game that he ever had, but um, for for a long while for us, you know. And and this this face, um, he, he's entitled to a bad game every now and then, like you know. And it was sort of highlighted on match of the day yesterday about his work rate as well. You know, sometimes if he has one of those lackluster days, his work rate goes out the window as well. But he can be forgiven. But it, the second half worried me. Like It did worry me, you know what I mean? I, I, it, we was hanging on and you just think, oh, God, they're going to get a goal. But we got through it and um, we got the three points. And, you know, I think going international, international, sometimes people say, oh, I was just about getting the result. And I get that. And, and we get to the international break now Um and we're in a good position. But as someone reminded me today, we had this 22-game unbeaten run last season. Everybody's saying how magnificent it was and everything like that, blah, 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 blah. And then the wheels come off. And we didn't rectify the problems that we was um, we was having. So we've, I think we've got to rectify them while we're winning. That's my, that, that was my, my beef yesterday, really. You know what I mean? So... Harry, on to you first. You know, without being too doom and gloom, because it is, it is another winner. How, how do you actually feel about it? And what's your thoughts about yesterday? Um, yesterday was a strange game because I thought the first half we were completely in control without even playing very well. Um, I thought Bournemouth were quite poor. Um, and I thought that Arsenal were doing okay in the sense that we were pressing quite high up the pitch. And, you know, for me, I think one of the most baffling things is why we only do that for certain periods of games. And I, I totally accept that it's very demanding physically and you may not be able to do it for, you know, 90 minutes. But I feel like Arsenal don't do it enough. So we came out in the second half, having controlled the game again, like I said, without really being amazing. But then that just completely disappeared. And it felt like we allowed a really poor Bournemouth side to somehow, you know, ease their way back into a game that really should have been put beyond their reach earlier. Um, I'm not too doom and gloom, like you said, because we are third. We're a point behind Manchester City. We've been to Old Trafford. We've been to Anfield and we've played Spurs. So when you take all of that into consideration, it's a very respectable position. And in my opinion, third is the highest that Arsenal could possibly finish. So we're at the maximum at the minute in terms of the league position. Now, throw into that, there's a load of other factors like the way our team, our opponents are playing around us. Obviously, Spurs are in disarray. Manchester United uh, are a mess. Uh, Chelsea are a little bit inconsistent, but that comes with, you know, the transition that they're going through, the, the youngsters that Lampard is trying to uh, bring through. You know, they're always going to be ups and downs when, when you go down that route. 
But, you know, I think it, when people say that we were rubbish yesterday and they complain about the performance, there's nothing wrong with that. What people are doing, it's not that they're upset that we're third. It's not that they're upset we're a point behind City. It's that they're just acknowledging that if we continue to perform in this way, we will not be able to sustain third place. That's what people are, are trying to get at. And if you look at last season, there were many games we got through uh, and picked up points where we didn't play particularly well. But come the end of the season, that bit us in the arse because the performances weren't there and therefore we couldn't raise our game at the end and get those points that we needed to, to ultimately finish in the top four. So it's in my opinion, it's not really people moaning. It's more people just acknowledging that there needs to be an improvement. And at the end of the day, as Arsenal fans, you want to see us at our best. You want to see us as, as strong as we possibly can <coughs> be. And, uh, you know, in yesterday's game we weren't yeah i, I agree I, I i can't you know can't um disagree with any of your points here i think that um you know it, i think we have the right to be concerned with what's gone going on and you know uh and i, I don't know what you feel about it danny you know there's got to be some signs of improvement i don't feel that from all of our own games really you know We've we've been great in any of them. I know we've 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 won. I think three out of four. We, and the, but the one we drew against Spurs that was our best performance. But that came when we were two 0 down. What, what, what's your thoughts on on this one, Dan? I don't remember a season where I've been so depressed at half time every every game. If I'm honest <laughs> with you, um, honestly, like I mean, the only time I've actually felt like we were comfortable was uh, yesterday at half time. You know, I mean, the Burnley game we were sort of chasing the game at one 0 Obviously, Tottenham, we were 2-1 down thanks to a last-minute goal from Lacazette. Otherwise, it would have been even even more of a yeah, terrible been. first half. Um, and then at Aston Villa, we were 1-0 down and 10 men. You know? And I'm thinking, what the hell's going on this season? Obviously, yesterday, I felt we were fairly comfortable and I thought it was a tad of two halves. The second half, I thought we were pretty shocking, if I'm honest. I didn't know what we were watching in comparison to the first half. First half... Listen, Pepe got gets a lot of stick, right? Now I'm not I'm not going to lay into him too much because I thought he was he, again he had he struggled. First half, I thought he was actually okay. Do you know why? Because everyone was pressing and we played the pressing game and it was quite refreshing. I thought, Brian, everyone's woken up here. Everyone's playing all right. We're starting to be take control of the game. I know it's only one nil, but we're looking all right. All of a sudden, in the second, we just didn't even come out, did we? We just come out again in a totally different team. And we were very lucky that Callum Wilson didn't didn't score. I mean, I don't know why he was trying to cross there. I thought he should have shot. I think he would have gone in if he would have taken his chance there. Um, and we had a couple of saves from Leno. Uh, I mean, I couldn't take much positives from the second half. As a whole, in terms of positives, I thought Callum Chambers was fantastic. I thought he was man of the match for me. I think he actually did get man of the match. Uh, and Matteo Gunduzi again, I thought was great. I think he's been fairly consistent of late. Um my only concern at the moment is our midfield, boys, because I have no idea what the manager is doing. He's got Granite Chaka holding, which I don't think he should be doing, and he's bringing on Torreira playing in some kind of Eden Hazard role. I've got no understanding <laughs> of what is going on with Lucas Torreira. He might as well right. be bringing Meza Ozil on or Ainsley Maitland-Niles if he's going to play someone there. I've got right. no understanding of what he's doing with Torreira. Well, let's go on to Torreira thing, because I had pulled the hands in my fit. I, I'm with you on this one, Dan. I'm looking at it and going, right, he's bringing on Torreira, he's going to play him and Shaka right in, uh, screening it all and just see out this game. And yeah. then I see Torreira in front of um, Aubameyang. I see him out wide. I see him everywhere but where he should be, like, you know. And then 
I'm looking at going, if you're going to play that role, if you're going to play him on that role, why are you not bringing on a, a, a Maitland-Niles? Why are you not doing that? Why mm-hmm. is all of a sudden Emery not playing Torreira in his normal position? You know, I, I can't get it. Uh, I, I need someone to explain the it problem, to me. The problem I've got with it as well is if you if you want to do that, all right, if you want to do that, fine. If that's your way of thinking that we're going to get a result, that's fine. You can't play Chaka and Torreira together like that. If you want to play them together, you've got to do what you've just said, Lee, and have, have them both kind of an, as kind of pivots or anchoring in the midfield. You can't have Torreira bombing it forward. I have no idea why he believes that is his position now. And that's the most frustrating thing for me. Everyone goes on about the defence and all that, and we should be playing holding and Chambers and all that. I, I, I'm with you there. What I'm saying is at least David Luiz and Socrates are centre-backs. Yeah, they're playing at centre-half where they play. We're trying to play Chaka in the wrong position and Torreira in the wrong position. I can't, I can't for the life of me understand it at all. The the only thing that I can think of, and I'm not saying this is this is right and all that, that that Emery feels that maybe playing Torreira in that role that he can nick the ball in 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 the final third. It's the only explanation I've got for it, Harry. That you know that we can nick the ball in the final third and go on because otherwise it just doesn't make sense. It's you know oh, I'm baffled by it. I really am, Harry. I, I think that's what it is. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that in Unai Emery's mind, he wants to press further up the pitch and he feels that Lucas Torreira has the tenacity to do that. Uh, And, you know, to a degree, he's right. But the problem with that is that you're really missing in creativity. And Lucas Torreira's spoken in the past about wanting to play further up the field. And that might be what he wants to do. But in my opinion, that's not where his strengths lay. He's not a particularly creative player, doesn't really get many goals. Um, you know, when you look at someone like Joe Willock, for example, he's kind of taken on that Aaron Ramsey mantle where he makes those late runs into the box and he gets there and he gets on the end of things. And we saw that in the Europa League the other night. But Torreira doesn't offer you that. So when you're away from home in some games, I understand going with the three to try and be a bit more pragmatic. And, you know, I don't really like that style of football. I've never been a big fan of it, but I get why he does it. But I don't get why he he in games like this game, looks at certain players and, and wants to shoehorn them into a team. And, you know, when Torreira came on yesterday, I thought that that was to try and tighten it up a little bit um, in order to stop, obviously, Bournemouth finding that equaliser. But I, I don't know. I, I think that maybe Torreira's had a word. Maybe Torreira's not particularly happy playing as one of those deeper players. But if he doesn't want to play there, then, you know, we've got a bit of an issue because if something happens to Genduzi we've got a real problem there. And and even Genduzi, as good as he is and as good as he has been of late, he's still not, in my opinion, disciplined enough to be one of those defensive midfield players because he does pop up on the right. He does pop up on the left. Uh, it, David Hillier said to me a couple of weeks ago that with Genduzi, he wants to give everything as quickly as he can possibly give it. And that's fine, but you've got to pace yourself. You've got to be disciplined. And a game of football lasts 90, not 45 minutes. And I think... Uh, somebody needs to do that role. Somebody needs to take up that role and be a mainstay in the team and sit and protect that back four. It's not going to be Granite Shaka. We all know that. Um, he's not equipped to do that. And if it's not going to be Lucas Torreira, then I don't know where else you look. 
I think Emery sees Lucas Torreira as too lightweight and small, and I think that he wanted somebody bigger with stature, and he believes that Chak is the best option we got because he's probably the strongest we got in midfield, and that's why he's using him. That's my only explanation for it. I just can't understand for the life of me why he's doing that. And if, and if he thinks if he wants to try it one game, that's fine. Don't try it for three or four weeks in a row like he has because it ain't working, and surely he can see that by now. Well, that, that's the thing. I, I'm going to say this now. If, if he can't see it, he wants to get up into the stands with the fans because all us fans can see it. Agreed. You know, I've got to say that. You know, do you feel though that um, I watched the game closely on um, Sunday, and I felt and on Thursday, I feel that there's a different mentality with the team also because of the cup games. I just feel there's a little bit more pressure on these league games. So Emery goes in there a little bit more cautious. Do you, what, what do you think of that, Dan? Like, what Thursday think... was free flowing. I know that it's a different team, but like, come on, was was. Was Lee as, as bad or as poor as uh, as Bournemouth? I don't think so. I feel there's a, a different approach. Do you know what worries me the most, or the thing that doesn't worry me, just confuses me the most? I believe this cup team, or whatever you want to call it, Europa League team, cup team, Carabao Cup team, has a different style and a different philosophy to the first team in the Premier League. I you look know at why both that is? Teams. Do you know why that is? Because Freddie Lundberg has been given more responsibility with that young team, with that cup well, team. Well, do you know what? That would make sense then. That would make sense. I heard that rumour. I didn't know if that's true or what, yeah. That would that would be that would answer that perfectly. And if that is the case, then he needs to be taking charge of more games in. Because what I've been what I've enjoyed the most out of the Emirates this season have been the Nottingham Forest game and the standardly aged game. Because we have played free flowing football and we have played out from the back and it's worked. We've looked better on the ball. And they're young they I mean they are youngsters they're gonna give it all. Uh, they're gonna give it their all and I get that. But I'd much rather have a balanced midfield with Torreira, Willock and Sabayos or Gunduzi and have the uh, the commanding centre-back of holding, which is what he's been in the last two games that I've seen against Forrest and Liège, and also players like Martinelli, who really excite me. I'd much rather watch that than the first team at the moment. And I know it's negative and I don't want to stand negative because I'm trying to see how it is. You know, I'm trying to be positive. We are third, but if we carry on playing like that, we're going to get Champions League football, but I don't see us progressing because at the moment something's wrong the start of last season we went 22 games unbeaten you mentioned it Lee and everyone a few people said to me it was quite lucky in, in parts I don't care if it was lucky in parts because we went 49 games unbeaten and Van Nistelrooy hit the bar and that was lucky and Perez dived against Portsmouth that was lucky we still went 22 games unbeaten which meant that something we were doing was working and there was confidence in the team this team looks completely different to me this season I'm so confused. We've had capitulation second half against Watford. We've had two goals chasing the game against Spurs. We've had no idea how to go forward and create chances against a poor Man United side at Old Trafford. And we've been scraping results against Bournemouth at home. Please explain to me what's going on. I can't get it. Yeah, one exactly. Sorry, Lee, one second, mate. Sorry to cut you there. Um, donation from Michael Hernandez. Thank you, Michael. Um, to all of those of you who have joined us a little bit later on, all the donations tonight are going towards a GoFundMe page for a gentleman who's uh, an Arsenal fan, unfortunately, been taken sick uh, in Cyprus um, and needs to return to the UK. So we're trying to get as many donations as we can. So thank you to Michael uh, for your one. And we might as well answer Michael's question we're, as well. We can do, yeah. Brilliant. Uh, Lee, what do you think? Uh, can Willock be our long-term Ramsey replacement? Yeah, I don't think that he is. I think that um, I think that everybody was thinking it would be Sabias, but I think that he's a different sort of a player. But Willock seems to be the one that's going to get on the end of things and score goals. Um, but he's, he's got to be given the chance, Harry. You know, I, I I think he's been our best midfield player this season, along with Gwendozi. I think they've been the best two midfield players 
consistently over the the, the the eight games or how many games it is now, as if you include the cup games. But he's the one that seems to be out the side at the moment or being left out. Maybe it's because he's young or whatever. But I, I, I believe he is. He's a good finisher. I like him. I like his energy levels. He's got fantastic um, uh, lungs where he goes up and down. He gets across. The, what I like about him is that he gets across the pitch very, very quickly. And it brings an energy to the team. You know, even, you know, I look back at last season with Aaron Ramsey. Aaron Ramsey's work rate was was superb as well. But I just feel that Willett, being that little bit younger, maybe hasn't had the injury that um, Ramsey had as well, just gets across the picture just a little bit quicker. I, I really like him. I've got to say that. And I, mm. I thought he was brilliant on Thursday. And I, I did feel that, when he took Willock off instead of Sabaya, so I honestly thought that it was going to be Willock that was going to be playing. But I'd like to yeah. see, I'd like to see um, Willock integrated into the team, and I, you know, I'd like to see him and Sabaya's and and Gwendozi, But but I know at times you've got to have something a little bit more steady and at the base of that. But um, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of Willock's. So I've got to say, I've been very impressed. I think he's more of an eight than a 10. I think Joe Willock as well. I think he's got that little bit of bite about him that Ramsey perhaps didn't. I think he's got a little bit more energy at times or probably as much energy, if not more. So uh, yeah, massive fan of Joe Willock. And I think he's been brilliant in the cup games. He's probably been one of our most consistent players in those games. And um, obviously the goal at Frankfurt, brilliant against Forrest. I thought he was man of the match and made Meza Ozil look pretty average um, next to him. But also I think he was great the other night and took his goal really well as well against the age. So yeah, massive fan of Willock. Yeah, I've got to say, I'm, I, I am like, you know, that, um, let's get on to the positives. You know, the one positive for me on on um, on yesterday's game, clean sheet. Oh, I love a clean sheet. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we, we got it, you know, uh, uh, by hook or by crook, we did get it. And, I, you know, Callum, people keep saying, I'm going to just go on a little bit about Callum Chambers there. People say, oh, we're going to be so much of a better team when Bellerin comes back in. You know what, at the expense of Callum Chambers, who I think has been our best defender, definitely in the last two games. Another another clean sheet when he's in the side. Great bit of defending at the back post yesterday. Uh, I've seen calamities go before that in the past. I, you know, I, I felt that he'd done really, really well yesterday. I thought that um, David Luiz's first goal was well done really well. And I will say this about um, Kalazanec. I thought he defended really well yesterday. It's just that his final ball and, you know, when he goes upfield, Jamal's has just got, you know, if I was playing in the team and he's going forward, I'd just say, oh, I'm going to just stay here because it's, it's not it's not coming over. But, you know, which I think we all agree that Tierney will improve that. But it was, we defended okay yesterday. And I think that, you know, uh, well, I don't know if I could say that I was totally uh, relaxed, I suppose, that we was going to get the clean sheet. But oh, I, that that was the pleasing thing for me. Though. What, what, what do you think on that, boys? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think we defended well for the most part. Of course, it's Arsenal, so there's going to be uh, some moments where you're a little bit nervy. But I think you're absolutely right. I think the fullbacks did pretty well yesterday. I thought, um, like you said, Kalasinac defended a lot better than he normally does. I thought there were a couple of moments in the first half where sort of the ball would go in behind him, but he had that sort of extra little burst of pace um, and, and, you know, that power to get out of the situation. There was one I remember in the first half where he just turned on the burners and he just sort of, he, he drove forward and he had the power and the strength in his body to hold off the challenge as well. And that's what Kalasinac has got that, 
you know, not every fullback has. He has that little burst of power. And I think he looks a bit fitter now. Um, you know, I know people talk about, you know, him not always being perfectly fit. I think the role he does in that Arsenal team is very demanding physically. And maybe a lot of the time when he does get caught out, it's because he simply can't get back. And I thought he was a little bit more cautious yesterday, but, uh, you know, showed that power and the pace at times. As for Chambers, I thought he was brilliant. Really, really good. Um, he, he seems to be improving all the time. And I know that he didn't play there at Fulham, but I think that that time at Fulham done him a, a load of good. I think he's come back into the team hungry. He wants to prove himself. He's got an opportunity at right back now. He's grabbing it with two hands uh, at the moment. Uh, an interesting question that I'd like to see what you guys think. Someone was saying to me yesterday, what is Callum Chambers' best position? Now, for me, with Callum Chambers at the moment, I, I don't really see a standout position for him. I don't think he's mm. particularly good enough at centre-back to to be a mainstay there. I don't necessarily think he's the finished article at right-back either, but Chambers can be a really, really useful utility player in this squad if we use him right, I think. I don't know what you guys think. I think with Callum Chambers, um, you're right, he's played at right-back for Southampton, he's played at centre-back for us, centre-back for uh, Middlesbrough, centre-back for Fulham, but then he went into a defensive midfield role, got player of the season. Um, I didn't see enough of him in that position, so I can only go by what friends have told me. Apparently, he was outstanding there. Now, I know it's Fulham and people say he's not Arsenal. I'd like to see him in a role there. Um, we're talking about a lack of defensive midfield. If he can do a better job than Chaka and Torreira, then why not give him the chance to, to prove it? And um, I want to see Holding and Chambers together as a, as a centre-back pairing. My worry is uh, Chambers' lack of pace. Um, he's been done a few times by some quick wingers and some of them are, are very quick like Mane and uh, Montero the other year at Swansea was really quick but I, I think that I'd like to see him in a defensive midfield role at the moment he's definitely better at right back than Mayton, uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles so I'd keep him at right back and, until Bellerin's fit and we'll hopefully see him after the international break there personally but um, yeah Kalasanak I'm not going to comment on because I'll be too <laughs> negative I'm not a fan <laughs> at all you know I can't stand the guy. I can't stand him. He can't cross oh, the road. He's absolutely no, no, he's poor crossing. But I, I like to, you know, I'll try and find the positives from him and all that. Callum Chambers, <laughs> I think that he's, uh, if I'll be honest, Harry, he's been, you know, he's um, utility, you know, where he can play in too many positions, so many positions. I think it's going to go against him. A little bit like Maitland-Niles, it's gone against him. Um, and I, I feel that... Um, what Callum Chambers has got to do, and I, I feel as a as a young player, it's hard because you want to play in different positions. You just want to play, but I think there's going to have to be a time when you when he goes into the manager and says, "Look, what is my position?" Because that's what I want to play, and and and, and stick to it. Now, for me, I think that right back, as I think Harry, you're dead right there. And once it comes to to, to the fast wingers, I think he could get exposed there. So that, so I don't think that long term right back is his position. But I do feel that his position, for me, is definitely one of the central defenders. It depends if if Emery goes to a to a back three, and then plays like the you know um, the two wing backs as a, uh, which would be Tierney and, and Bellerin. I think that that may be a position that that could, he could go in there and do that role because he could play to the right side of it. And um, I quite like um, I quite like that if that role for him there. Defensive midfield, you know, it done very, very well for Fulham there last season. Now, if you was, and I've said this before, but say if you was watching the Premier League and you think, oh, there's, oh, there's a, I'll go over and watch Fulham and oh, there's a good centre midfield player there. Oh, we'll have him. 
You know what I mean? So uh, when when people say that, oh, it's only Fulham, I, I think, well, you know, if, if he's that good, we'd have him. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean because what team he plays for. But the fact of the matter is he's not going to get that position, is it? Because, you know, Granite Xhaka is going to be playing that all season. So we're going to have to get used to that. So, uh, you know, I'd like to see him at central defence. Why not? I See, the, thing, the problem that I've got with our two central defenders at the moment, and I don't know how you feel about this, is that the, they cannot get any better. But I do believe if you put um, Callum Chambers and Holding together, that they could grow and become a lot better than yes. what they are now. You know, that's that's my my feelings, you know. Um, and so I, I would just say, look, put him in there at central defence. And I don't think he should be there just waiting to see Bellerin get fit and then be left out. I, I do feel that Chambers was outstanding against Manchester United. He was outstanding again yesterday. He deserves a run in the team and a, a consistent run in the team. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you've got a great point there. I think you're absolutely right. I think um, the, the point about the two centre-backs growing together, w- you know, would be great in an ideal world. I just think that in this business now and in, in this particular position that Unai Emery finds himself in, where, you know, his contract is up at the end of the season, he's, there's an option to extend. I, I don't know if Unai Emery has time to to try things and wait for them to, to flourish. I, and, you know, in a, like Chelsea are in a different situation where they've brought Lampard in knowing that they're going to do that. They're going to take that approach. And that's been agreed sort of right and up and down the club. But I think at Arsenal, there's a, a different pressure there to get us back in the Champions League. Um, just before Dan comes in, we've got another donation come through. Massive, massive thanks to Bill. Keep them coming, guys. Thanks, they Bill. are going to... They're going to a great cause this evening. We're trying to help somebody uh, with their GoFundMe page, uh, an Arsenal man, to come back to the UK um, for some treatment that he needs. He can't be transported at the moment due to his condition, so we need to raise some money. So big thank you to Bill. Uh, Bill's got a question for me, which I'll quickly answer. Um, question for Harry. In the press conferences, did the press ask challenging questions to Unai or are they told by the club what questions to ask? Um they're not told what questions to ask. The, the journalists can ask whatever they want. There is a press officer, though, sitting next to Unai Emery who will shut down things um, if they feel that, you know, the press conference is heading in the wrong direction. They call it time on the press conference. They end it when they want to end it, which is a little bit disappointing. Um, and they do protect him a little bit. But, you know, it's an open forum. If you've got accreditation and you're in there, you can ask what you want to ask. Uh, it doesn't mean you're necessarily going to get that answer, though. Um, sorry, guys. Come back to the the um, the chambers and holding thing. Dan, your, your, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'd much rather see Holden and, uh, and Chambers than Lewis and Socrates. Um, like Lee said, I think they can grow as a centre-back pairing. Um, I also actually prefer them uh, uh, some of their attributes. I think that Rob Holden has, seems to come back in his last two games that he has, the Rob Holden that we saw before he got injured at Old Trafford. And I thought that was a fantastic Rob Holden, the one that I want to see in my team. In terms of the right-back situation, I think Ainsley Maitland-Niles, the other night, he really had a chance to prove why he shouldn't be a right-back. And I don't think he did enough at the Emirates for me. Um, I thought he was one of our quieter players, which I was a little bit disappointed about, really. Um, I was really hoping that he would show Unai Emery why he's a, he's a, he's a good player. And I think he, there's a good footballer in there. I'm not sure he's the most intelligent player at times, but I think he's good. He's a midfielder. And when he got the chance to show it 
Um, I don't think he really did, which was a shame for me. Um, but the Chambers and holding situation, I, I don't think we can get too excited about it because I think Louise and Socrates are going to be our, our centre-back pairing for the season. My question to you two both is, if holding does come back in, who who misses out? Why, who Socrates. do you think is going to get out? Socrates. Harry? Yeah. Um... Socrates. <laughs> I'll say Socrates as well. Socrates. I'll say, <laughs> I'll say Socrates as well. Um, because I think that that he wasn't great last season, but I think he's been worse this season. Um, which is disappointing. I feel like very kind, very kind of you that Harry. Very kind. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's I, I do, I think he's been worse. Um, I think that David Lewis, what he gives you is he gives you a, a lot more technical ability. And if we're talking about a team where it's clear the manager wants us to play out from the back, I'd rather have David Lewis getting the ball off my goalkeeper than Socrates. It's that simple, to be honest. Um, David Lewis can offer you more in terms of bringing the ball out of the defence as well. They're mm. both as bad as each other defensively. They're both a calamity waiting to happen a lot of the time. But I just feel that Lewis has got more in his locker, so I, I would go with uh, Lewis and leave Socrates out as well. Do we think that might happen? Do we think Holding will come in or after the international break? Yeah, I think he will do. I, I, I think that you know they're, they're being very, very patient with him. I don't think they'll play against Sheffield United. I think like the likes of Bellerin and all that will get some well-needed, um, hard physical training in their legs over the next few days and whatever. And I think that they'll come back against um, uh, whoever we've got in the um, Europa, Europa League, and then they'll be ready for Crystal Palace at home. I think that you know, I think that that's the way they go. Uh, I do think, but that's me looking at. I think that Bellerin is probably still two or three weeks behind Rob Holding, if I'll be honest. But I think that um, you know Holding's got to be a little bit patient. And but everything, you know, I don't think he's been really tested yet, as he, if I'll be honest. So there'll be hopefully a, a test. There. Listen, I think a good test for us. I was thinking about it yesterday. Is going to be the Liverpool game in the League Cup now, like you know. I think that we need that to be a really good game for us to get all these boys. Mm real up and up and running a good a good test we need a good test without the pressure and i think that's that's an ideal game for us now so mm. where i was thinking oh no we've got liverpool now i think that's going to be a good game for us and a good and a, and a good time <coughs> and i'll tell you another player that should be playing in that game and i'm going to get on to him now because i don't think he should be playing at the moment and that is a nicholas pepe i think now it's time to bring out nicholas and um get him back playing a bit of form in the um, in the uh, Europa League and uh, League Cup ties, because I feel at this moment I really do want him to come good, but he's he's not doing it for us. And as much as I want him to do it, I, the most important thing for me is Arsenal winning games. And I think at the moment he's he's haunting us a little bit. And what I will say, <coughs> excuse me, about um, uh, a lot of people are turning around and saying. Oh, we've got to give him time, give him time. And I get that. But when um, Reese Nelson was in the side, no one was turning around and saying, oh, he's a young kid, give him time, give him time to develop, give him time to... No, no, he's got to go. So why is everybody saying, well, we'll give Nicolas Pepe a little bit more time? Because what? Because he's a £72 million player in, in instalments? You know what I mean? I think, like, that's, I think, what it, that, I think that's what it is, Lee. I think it's not it's right, the weight Harry, on his uh, shoulder. Dan, that's not right though, is it? You know what I mean? It's mm. more about, I, I get that, but I, I, I feel it was an ideal opportunity for you and I, Emery, to play him against, um, who do we play? Standard Liège, get his confidence up. 
but you know, this is Bournemouth, and I, I, I did. I felt you know he started off really well and faded. I thought it was the right decision to take him off. But how many more time? How many more games are we going to give him before we say <laughs> someone's put? <laughs> Uh, which was mentioned a lot on, on Sunday that Pepe is a new Jovino. Oh, I wouldn't go as far as that. But um, <laughs> when, when, how many more games do we give him before we say we take him out of the firing line and before we say, yeah, he's going to do the business? Yeah, it's a good question. It's a good question. I think that, that what people are saying um, about Pepe with the you know the seventy-two million and a weight on his shoulders and all that is obviously going to put pressure on the lad, and I get that. One thing I don't or dislike about him is his body language, Lee. He's a little bit like a Mesut Urza or an Andre Arshavan. He's a bit like, mm, that's days cool. Not to really look like he's 100% giving and 10%, you know. And uh, I think that gets on the fans' back straight away, which is why I think he's getting a lot of stick. Also, what I will say about Saka or Nelson, Saka in particular, is that he's got absolutely no pressure on his shoulders. He's just walked in and given 110% because he's a young lad who wants to get into the team. And Pepe, for me, has got that massive uh, uh, pride tag on his head I just think he needs a goal in open play that isn't a penalty um, and, uh, and and hopefully that'll give him a bit of confidence because we all want to see him do well well I hate it when fans get on players backs when they're not playing well you know you've got to give him a little bit of a confidence boost and my question is similar to yours how many games are we going to give him until until we start to question him and um, I'm a little bit too early to fit eight games in where five or well, he's probably played five or six games hasn't he um, so I, I, I'm going to try and stick, stick by him for a few more and see if we can because he's got some great technical ability just needs to get on the score sheet for me mate it really does is there an uh, argument as well that, like so i i think he's no doubt got some talent there's no question about that he's got quick feet he's got a turn of pace um mm. i think you can question his end product at times um but he's still quite young still quite raw i think that will improve over time two points the first one is do i feel like unai emery is the type of coach that someone like Nicola Pepe needs to develop and hit that next level. Um, and, and I know we all wanted Wenger to go, et cetera, et cetera, but he did have a, a way of converting uh, players from sort of wide positions into really devastating forwards. He obviously was a good coach in that sort of department, taking people under his wing, et cetera. Is Unai Emery that man? I'm not sure. That's the first point I'd say. And secondly, the way we're playing isn't necessarily helpful to Nicolas Pepe because if Agreed. you look, if you watch the way Arsenal play, there's a huge emphasis on the, the two wide men. So whether that's Aubameyang from the left or Saka from the left, whatever, there's a massive emphasis on that player receiving the ball and coming inwards in order to create the space for the fullbacks to get on the overlap. That's something Emery's really keen on. It's a pattern of play that we use all the time. And that's why you always see Kalasinac get forward. Uh, hopefully we'll see Bellerin doing that soon as well and cutting balls back. That is a real feature of our play this season. But in doing that, are you sort of preventing that wide man from having the freedom to sort of beat his man on the outside and, and you know, go down the line and, and use that explosion of pace? Maybe. I don't know. I just feel like he's not performed. There's no question about that. He needs to improve. He looks like he's trying too hard at times. Uh, to have that impact. But also, I don't think the environment around him is particularly good. And I think, I know we haven't spoken about him yet tonight, um, but I think... We're Pepe, not gonna... <laughs> I, I think Pepe and Aubameyang will both be uh, quietly sitting on the training ground and wondering uh, when Mesut Ozil is going to come into the team to uh, provide him with some frugals. 
Did we have to mention mm. that? Already? Did we have to? <laughs> no, I've lit in the flame. I've lit the flame. Oh no, I've lit the flame. I will say, look, with Pepe, I think if you know that shot that he had that we just went over the bar. If that would have gone in, maybe that would have kickstarted him a little bit there because that was really unlucky. You know, there's no no doubt about it. That he's got skills and he's got talent and all that. Like, but it's, for me now, it's coming to the stage where we're we're not playing that well as a team. We need players to come from. I felt that. You know, we, we need my idea of the wide player was someone that was going to get the ball, skill someone up, and get past him, and then whipping crosses and things like that. But he's not done that, you know. And, and <coughs> I, I looked at Saha against um, West Ham for Crystal Palace the other day. Ideal sort of player that we, you know, that gets the ball, takes the player on, and then and then plays those passes as well, which is what the Arsenal style, if you know what I mean, like you know, but. It just doesn't seem to be doing it at the moment. I don't know if... Um, and Listen, there's, there's no two ways he's got great skills and he's got a great um, future at Arsenal. I just feel that sometimes maybe it's, there's a decision to make whether you take him out of the team now or they keep going with him, persevere with him. Like you know, I know that, uh, that, that lots of questions, lots of people are saying, you know, oh, it took Burkamp so many games. It took um, Robert Perez even longer. It did, it did take Robert Perez much, much longer. But... My, my 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 feelings of that is that when we had someone like Robert Perez in the side, we we wasn't at the pressure of what we are now. We had lots of world-class players around and it was just, you know, take your time, Robert, and you will become a superstar, which is what happened. But I feel that we, we need to get results. We need we can't be carrying no passengers. And, you know, what we're doing with other players, we're leaving them out. And, you know, one bad game from some, so and he's left out. Uh, you know, and, you, and I look at it, boys, and this is my my problem. I look at players like Willock that are playing really, really well. Sabias is playing, doing some, you know, does some really good stuff. As soon as Sabias has a bad game, he's left out. Soon, you know, Willock if he has a bad game, left out. Uh, Maitland Knowles had a couple of bad games, left out. Pepe, oh no, we're keeping him in, we're keeping him in, we're keeping him in. You know, is that fair? You know, is that fair? No, no, it's not at all. I, I think the good the weird thing that surprised me actually is we're all talking about needing wingers, weren't we? Pepe Zaha being linked. I actually think we're looking good with one the wide areas now. I mean, Martinelli looks like he's knocking on the door for me. Saka's really proved his worth. Nelson had a really good game, I thought, um, in the on Standard Luage game on, on Thursday night. So really, Pepe is under pressure now. And I think you're right, Lee. I think he can't come out in Emery and say that Meza Ozil doesn't deserve a place in this team. But there's players like Socrates, Chaka, Luis, Kalas. Snatch and and um, Pepe that do so you know he can't come out and do that. Um, Pepe does yeah, need to, yeah. Pepe does need to you know get get, get him himself involved more. I hope that with Lacazette and Bellerin coming back that we might be able to see a little bit more link up play from Pepe. So um, he'll have someone behind him that, that is actually a right back that's been uh, a right back for a few seasons now. Bellerin at Arsenal and obviously Lacazette is really one of our best um, players in my opinion in terms of his hold up play and his link up play so let's see what happens when uh, when Lacazette is uh, is alongside him and um, and judge him then but I'm not ready to get on his back just yet right so that's 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 my next point and we'll come to you on this Harry Lacazette's going to be fit um, probably Sheffield United so uh, you know are we prepared to say right we'll leave we'll leave Pepe in then and and, and the young lad uh, Saka I think has been brilliant you know last couple of games is going to be the one to be sacrificing. Is that what is going to happen here? Or, you know, Martinelli also um, chomping at the bit. Um, what would you do? What would you do? Oh, the manager really... now, you're Uriel Emery. 
It's, oh, I hope not. Um, it's, <laughs> well, he's going to go and take it. He's going to go take an overdose now. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a really tough one. It's a really tough one because, like you said, I think Saka's done well when he's come in. I thought he was a little bit quieter yesterday, but it's not. You know, that wasn't just him. I think the whole team weren't exactly uh, full of creativity yesterday. So I'm not going to like pick on Saka, but I think Saka's come sort of, kind of come from nowhere in the sense that you know. Most people expected Reese Nelson to get a lot more game time, and all of a sudden Saka's come on the scene, and he seems to have leapt leapt over him in the pecking order, and he's he's getting the game time in the Premier League now. Lee made a great point. Martinelli, for me, he's been better than both of them. For me, he's there's something about that player. I I don't know what it is. Like when I watch him, you know, I'm exciting, like this. Yeah, yeah he's, like he's, he's, he's exciting. Drawn he's, to him, isn't yeah, drawn to him. He is like your typical South American striker. He reminds me a little bit of Suarez in the sense that he's busy all the time. You know, he can be out of the game for a few minutes and then the ball comes anywhere near him and he sparks into life. He presses people. He's sharp on the turn. He's got a great finish on him. You know, despite people saying he's not naturally a centre forward, I think he's shown that he can handle it in that position too. For me... I don't want to see Aubameyang really moved out of the middle because I think Aubameyang is at his most effective when he plays through the middle. But when Lacazette comes in uh, on current form, I think you're right. I think Pepe needs to come out of the team for a little bit, uh, maybe take the spotlight off him for a few weeks, let Lacazette lead the line, hold the ball up. And and if it was me, I'd I'd be trying to bring uh, Aubameyang and Martinelli into the game from the two flanks. Uh, interestingly as well, actually, I think Aubameyang looks better in pre-season when he plays on the right. So taking Pepe out of the team would allow Aubameyang to go on the right and then Martinelli to operate from the left. So that's what I would do at this moment based on the current form of the players. What, and have Lacazette in the middle? Yeah, Lacazette in the middle, Aubameyang on the right because I think he prefers it there than playing out on the left. Um, and then, yeah, uh, Martinelli operating from the left. Yeah, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go along with that. I, I'd, I'd go along with that. I think that um, I'd like to see Pepe... You know, as I say, like this Liverpool game is going to be key. Going up to Anfield and stamping your authority on that, playing your Europa League games, and then coming back and saying, you know, now I'm ready, I'm ready, and I'm up and ready and for for the first team, you know. And and I think that that that, that listen from that point of view, I think that we've got some real good pluses there. That we, you know, for me, Saka coming into the fray has has given us. More, uh, real loads of options here, you know, like we've now got Martinez, so we're now talking about two youngsters that we can throw into the fray where we was thinking, oh, we're going to miss Lacazette, because let's this, this be honest boys, as, as great as Lacazette is we haven't really missed him that much because you know, the exciting things that we've been doing you know, we, the injury come at a good time where we didn't have that many um, real tough, tough games apart from Man United um, but, uh, you know, I, I feel now that with Lacazette it coming back gives us so many good options going forward into the to, the, to these batch of games, which I think are going to be very important to us. You know, when you look at the games that we've got coming up, we've got a difficult game against Sheffield United, we've got the Europa League games and that, but then we've got Crystal Palace, which is hmm, looking at it's not going to be not going to be that that uh, that's going to be a tough game, but it's def definitely winnable. You know, all of a sudden get another six points on the board. You know, we could be really pushing ourselves into that top three and. I think we've got a few, you know, winnable games coming up. Uh, I can't remember the next away game after that. Um, if someone can tell us, that'd be great. Um, but I, I, I remember looking at the fixtures and thinking, do you know what? If we if we get it right, we're going to be really, really in a good position here. Dan, what do you think of that? 
Yeah, I think so. I think the fixtures now, um, we've been to some hard games already. We've obviously welcomed Spurs, North London Derby. We've been to Anfield. Wolves at home, that's the other game we've got. Wolves that's the one, yep. yeah. Yeah, Wolves yeah. at home, Palace Palace at home. Um, yeah, some good Sheffield games coming United. up. Right. Uh, Sheffield United, yeah. Um, Laka has to play for me, 100%. However, I don't want a Bamiyang pushed out wide. I don't like that. Um I think he's a centre forward and we proved that against Spurs at home that when he was playing on the left, as uh, soon as uh, Lacquer come off, um, he went up top and Guendouzi feeds him through and it's 2-2 and he scores straight away. So for me, he has to play up top. My only question mark of getting everybody in the team, which is tough, I really like Danny Sabias. However, I wonder if Lacquer can play that role just behind Aubameyang and then have Pepe and Saka either side and see what works there with Lacquer as a link-up man. Um, and if that doesn't work, then... You know, then fair one, but it'd be nice to see that. Uh, and the only other thing that I've always said from day one is I'd love to see Lacquer at Zet and Aubameyang up top, but I don't think we're ever going to play a four-four-two. The only way we're going to get that happen is a three-five-two, I think. Um, and he doesn't seem to want to be playing free at the back this season. So I'd love to see Lacazette and Aubameyang together. I think they're fantastic together. And someone mentioned last season that they're like a Dwight York and Andy Cole. And I think that's the best comparison I can get is the pair of them together looking like they understand each other. I don't think Aubameyang and Pepe look to have a, a telepathic knowledge of playing together yet. So um, we've seen them two together more uh, this season than Lacazette and Aubameyang together. We saw it at Anfield. Um, and we saw it in that diamond uh, against, uh, was it Watford as well? I can't remember. But um, yeah, that's not really worked for me. So yeah, I'd like to see um, Lacazette back in the team. I think he is probably our best player. If he was to pick one, I would probably go with Laka, uh between Laka and Aubameyang for me. Okay. Is Lee with us still, is he? <laughs> I think he's frozen. <laughs> he's frozen. Look at that. Captions now, please. Captions now for Lee. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think you make an interesting point, Dan, about Lacquer playing in that um, sort of number 10 role. It, would be, it wouldn't quite be a number 10 role, in my opinion. It'd be sort of like a, a half nine role. Do you know what I mean? Just mm. sort of joining the attack when possible. The only concern I'd have about that is that just our, our defence is just not solid enough in the sense of our midfield two behind him. I don't trust them necessarily to do their job. But late. And provide I'm that. Back. <laughs> He's back. He's back. Um, Sorry, Harry. God. That's right. Yeah, I was just saying. I, I don't think that our midfield pair would be solid enough if you had Lacazette playing in front of them to allow him to go and do what he's good at. And I think as a result, he'd maybe get dragged into a little bit more defensive work than he'd like. And I think that Unai Emery recognizes that. And I think that's probably why um, he leaves out certain players all the time. He who shall not be named. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't know. I, I think that Unai Emery is a very conservative coach. I think so I've seen people call him a coward in recent weeks. I think that's a little bit harsh, but um, you know, he obviously cares about his team shape, even if his team doesn't have any. He <laughs> obviously cares about um, trying to be as pragmatic as we possibly can. And I, I just think that it's going to be unfortunate, but I think we're probably going to see young Saka dropped out of the team, unfortunately. Just a just a word on Saka, quick before we move off from him. This kid looks to me. I mean, it will be harsh if he's dropped. So I don't think he's done anything wrong. I actually think he's been fantastic. It, somebody asked me um, on another pod on the Guns and Ribbons pod. They said, who, "Who do you think he reminds you of in in nowadays games or in past Arsenal players?" And um, it, I I said that potentially the last time I saw a player come from the youth system like this from another team was Raheem Sterling. 
Um, and I know that's a big uh, a, a big shout to say that he's going to be as good as him. I hope he is. Um, but the other mentions was Freddie Lundberg, and obviously he's he's um, coaching him at the moment. But one that I thought was great was um, Rocky Rowcastle. Before my time, man, well, I don't I, remember. I think I think with um, if I'll be honest, Rocky was always coming as a little bit more physically stronger, and uh, I felt that with. Uh, with Rocky could play in the mid centre midfield or, or out wide right. I don't think really it's fair to compare him with anybody. I, I, I'm a I'm a big fan of his. I really like the way he plays. You know, he's got a lovely little left foot. Um, it, it, uh, it, the trouble is with him at the moment. He's 18. He's not even developed. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's a fantastic. Yeah, he's still young, young lad, isn't he? Yeah, fantastic achievements of getting in the side at that age and and performing. And and what I liked about about it and in, and would have to give Emery a little bit of praise here is that, you know, he, he, first of all, we, we was, as soon as the first substitution was going to come out, we, everyone was going, oh, it's good bound to be Saka. But it wasn't, you know what I mean? It kept him on till, till he was physically um, too tired to carry on. And I felt that that's a good sign. I felt against Man United, away from home, difficult conditions, always, I thought he was our shining light in that game. I felt I he wanted the ball all the time. And I, I, I think that, yeah, he's going to dip in and out and, but I, I really think that, you know, he's exciting me that um, as as is as Martinelli there. And I think it's fantastic. I've got two mm. 18-year-old kids that are, that are, that are giving, giving me as a fan a bit of a buzz. I, I really like when they get the ball. I'll tell you what I have liked about Arsenal in, in the last few games, even on first. When we get into those positions, Reese Nelson as well, the first thought they've got is taking on the fullback in the box and putting in crosses. And I feel that he's got that about him. I just hope that he's not coached out of that, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, I'll mm. don't, keep, just keep doing that, taking on the play. We've done that a lot in the first half and we didn't in the second. Whether they tactically changed it or we got tired, I'm, I'm not so sure. But I'm a big, big fan of his, you know. And yeah, I, I really I, I don't know about how everybody feels about it in the chat and the fans or whatever. As a fan... You know, yes, I love a big signing. I love the buzz of a of a of a big signing and a, and a superstar concert. But I do love it when uh, you've t- seen players come through the ranks. I think I've been Absolutely. brought up on it as a kid. You know what I mean? Going through like when I was first growing up, it was like Liam Brady, Frank Staples, uh, uh, David O'Leary coming through the ranks, and that was a great buzz. And then the great the great ones of the George Graham era, which was led by Rocky. Um, and, and, and so now, you know, and I had a big, big thing for Jack Wiltshire. He was absolutely gutted when he left because he was one that come through the ranks. Mm. So I'm a big fan of it. And, and you know, long may it continue. I hope to see um, uh, Smith Rowe get back on in because I think he's just been sort of hampered by a couple of injuries. Yeah. But um, I, I really like him as well. So We normally get sort of one, don't we? We normally get like a Fabregas, then Wilshere come from. We normally get one. I've been excited by the amount at the same time. Yeah. I think yes. they've all come through at the same time, and I've really been impressed with that. The only thing I will say is they're all in similar positions. It'd be nice to see a couple of centre-halves come through and a, and a defensive midfielder, you like, you know. But, well, uh, that'd be nice. Come, that that would be nice. That would be nice. That would be nice. One player that has but, impressed me, and I've got to say this, and, and I feel like... I'm getting close to getting the number on his and, and his name on on a shirt. If I do get a shirt, <laughs> I, I think I'm, I'm gonna. It's gonna. He's gonna be me, man. I think like you know, I, I love the song that they sing about him, and I just love his energy and everything about that. And that is Danny Sabias. I'm beginning to fall in love with Danny. You know what I mean? Like you know, I have to say, I think that he's. 
I, I think he's a his work rate and everything. And what was our thoughts on him? I've been a little bit over overboard about our Danny or um, what, what's what's our thoughts on this? Do you want to go first, Dan? <laughs> yeah, I'll go first if you want me. Um, I really like this lad. I really do. Uh, I think that it's been evident when he hasn't played in that number ten role. We've lacked creativity. I feel that he has brought something to Arsenal that um, we need. We've definitely needed without the, uh, when we sold uh, Ramsey. I think he's got the engine of Ramsey, and he has got definitely one hundred percent the technical ability of somebody like Santi Cazorla. I love the Not way you, that he Danny. can turn agility. <laughs> I love the way he turns of his agility left, right, left, right. Um, and I feel that with Danny Ceballos, he has got that goal now and I'd like to see more from him in the future with goals because I think that's what he is currently lacking that Ramsey gave us was that kind of couple of goals that you know you what did Ramsey used to get between eight and ten goals a season that's what we need from Danny Sabias in the number 10 role you know so I'm hoping that Zidane doesn't want him and that we can try and keep hold of him yeah, I'm looking, just looking at some of the comments. Yeah, yeah man, some of these comments. I, I was trying oh, to brilliant. concentrate okay. on talking. They're hilarious. They're brilliant, like, you know? <laughs> I think. Uh, I, I think with we, with Danny Sabaj, I think he's gonna. I think people are starting to compare him with Mesut Ozil. I don't want to go down that road. He's a completely different player. Um, but it's interesting what they're saying. What people are saying about him there, you know. So. Um, I will have to say that um, I think it is important that we we try and sign him on a on a on a permanent deal because I think that's why maybe I will hold back on the shirt because he's not really our player yet. But yeah. Um, but yeah, like, interesting. I think that um, you know is he a replacement for um, Aaron Ramsey? I don't think he is that sort of player. If I'll be honest, I think that he's a he's a unique player. I think he's completely different. To what we've been used to, if I'll be honest, I don't know what you feel. I think, as we said, touched on it. Maybe Willock was a replacement for Ramsey. You know, um, uh, you know, if we, another player that you know, I'd, I'd like to see it ask to sort of, you know, if if we can't sign Tobias on a on a free on a transfer, maybe go with someone like Jack Grealish on the cheap. You know what I mean? Be someone like that, you know. He's done well, any Lee. He's done really well this season. I like him. You know what I mean. He's another sort of player that could give us something there. You know, but I, I just got this feeling that 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 all what's going on around at Real Madrid, you know, this this would be a nice place for Danny to to come and settle. Like, you know, I don't know, but I just I don't know. There's something about him that I like. I can't put my finger on it, but uh, I like his energy. I like his work rate. Um. Yeah, if, and I, if I we're like a little Spanish midfield player, I've got to say. Fabregas, if we're talking about, yeah, because all we've got to have them, not we? <laughs> if we're talking about players to get names on the back of shirts, I think I am really, really looking forward, and I believe one of my favourite players potentially, uh, Kieran Tierney. This lad looks absolutely mm -hmm. outstanding. Um, every time he crosses the ball, it looks to me like he's going to find someone. Um, and he's right different range of crosses, you know. I've been really impressed with him. I don't know if it's just because I'm so used to Kalasanach playing there and doesn't deliver, uh, <laughs> or what it is, but he really excites me in all seriousness. This lad looks absolutely top drawer. I think that's a fantastic signing. That signing for me was the best signing of the summer ahead of Pepe, ahead of Ceballos. Kieran Tierney for me, that I think he's going to be top drawer. I really do. I like his attitude. I think there was a game, was it the game on Thursday when um Martinelli went down? 
uh, one of the players had fouled him. And then all of a sudden, Kieran Tierney's the first one in his face, getting up, get a little bit of bite, a yeah, little bit of uh, like team that. spirit, I leadership. Like and I like that a lot. I think the lad's going to be top draw. So, um, yeah, Kieran Tierney for me could be, could be my new favourite player. Right, let's get the people in the chat on this as well, then. Um, well, we've got five minutes, right? You've, got, you've been given an Arsenal shirt, right? Arsenal said you've been a fantastic supporter for us over this season. You've not moaned once, you've done, we, but we're very happy with your support. <laughs> so uh, you've got the new Arsenal red and white shirt, and they've said, right, you can put any name you want on it now. Which one will it be? If you want to get involved in the chat, give us a, give us who you think, like, you know, from, from who you're uh, at, clean slate now, who are you going to go for? They're going to say, number one, judges. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, still, I still think Aubameyang's got to be one of the favourite ones, isn't it? Surely, like, you know what I mean? Like, Archie's put on for... T- if you're going for Tierney already, Nigel's put Tierney down as well. Mm. Lacquer coming in there, Aubameyang, Tierney. Tierney's winning at the moment, so he's impressing at this moment in time, you know, more so than Aubameyang. What are yes. you going to go for? Eh? Come on, who are you going to go for? Just quickly, I'll, I'll, there's, we've had another donation, so I'm just going to quickly go through right. that. Thanks to Albert. Um, another donation. Thank you, mate. It means so much to us. Um, he says, Harry and Lee, you know how much I've gone on about Tierney and yes, it's early days, but what do you make of him so far? We've we've answered that question already. Yeah, mate. I think, you know, um, it looks, looks a top, top lad. I've got to say that. But Great for possible. me, for me um, I, I really like the look of Tierney. Um a lot of people tell me that he's a, a great fullback from sort of his days in Celtic. And I'll be honest, I haven't seen him play for Celtic. I don't watch Celtic. I, I hold my hands up. <laughs> so I, I am I am interested to see how he'll cope when he's uh, faced with a really talented winger and how he will manage his game between getting forward and being yeah. defensively sound. Because so far, the games we've seen him in, there's a lot of criticism of him. It's just that I want to see that element of his game as well. Because at the moment, the games we've seen him in, he's just been had the free reign of the flank and been able to do whatever he wants. So I'm looking forward to having a good look at uh, good look at Kieran Tierney. But in terms of player on my shirt, it's got to be a Bamiyang at the moment. He just delivers every week. Yeah. Um, but getting a whole range of answers in the chat, some Tierney. Yeah, it's brilliant. Like I'll tell you, what, I've got a little story. Yes, I was coming coming home and I stopped off at the Tollington, and all the cars come through. And they stop at the lights there, and the whole pub started singing a Bamiang as his car pulled up, like you know. And uh, as he drove drove past the pub, he wound down the window, and he's got his fist out, you know, what I mean, giving it, bibbing his own and everything like that. So, you know, fantastic um, player, not just for, but a fan's favourite as well. I have to say that, you know, the whole pub was singing his name, and he's bibbing away and cheering as he goes past. I just think that's fan. We we we've missed out on that since he's come. I feel that the players have sort of gone gone back to with the fans a little bit. I don't know if you agree with that. Like, I just feel that he's been a big part of that. Like, you know, he he integrates with the fans. He's he's. I think he's been fantastic. So, as much as I love, I'm I'm still got this little feeling for Sabias. I really do like him, but it would be very hard not to have a Bamiang on the back at the moment, in, in my opinion. Yeah, Absolutely. he's on the back of my he's on the back of my shirt, the one I'm wearing now. Um, because I just thought straight away it's gonna be a Bamiang. <laughs> do you want me to come take it off? Yeah. Well, you can do this, have it. Come on, see mate. It, it's see got, it. gone past oh, nine o'clock. Go. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> oh, lovely. That's what we're gonna say. That's proper. That is. That's what we're gonna say. There we say. go. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, though, it's great that a lot of people on there, boys. Cheney is getting a lot of them. Friend, 
Perry Groves, yeah, like Super Perry Groves, you know. That's, that's Perry great. Groves. Right. What a, what a what a good squad player he was. A very very under underrated player, by the way. Um, scored some very good goals for us. Harry uh, don't know who we're on about, but like, um, I've I've interviewed Perry Groves. He's a uh, top, lad. Top, top, top lad, top lad, top guy. Top you know lad. what I mean? So, um, and do you know what's depressing is I found out tonight that I'm definitely older than Harry. That is depressing. Uh, <laughs> I can remember Rocky and Perry Groves. So yeah, I no, must be older. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I'm a Venger boy. That's what. That's kind of my problem, I guess. Uh, so, who's the first? Who's the first sort of player that um, you you really liked at the Arsenal area? Who was the first one? Uh, it's got to be Burkamp, I'd say. Um, my first game was in '96, and it was against Borussia Mönchengladbach in the UEFA Cup. Um, I, I'm just trying to remember the score. I think it was two-two. Um, and they had a. That was when they had Stefan Effenberg playing for them. Yeah, it was two two, I think. Um, and that was like my first ever game. I remember my dad lied to me that he was taking me because we used to live in South London. Then he lied to me that he was taking me out of school early to go to the dentist because if he told me that I was going to the game, I might have blabbed it to my teacher. So um, we went up to that, and yeah, I'd say you know Burkamp for me. That's probably my my uh, oh, great ones coming here. Glenn saying Liam Brady. Well. He's probably my first one, really. Like, you know, Lee Farrow, if that's your first one, Patrick Vieira, you're you're younger than what I thought, you know what I mean? <laughs> but what's <laughs> that he was, by the way? Like, George, Georgie Armstrong, you know, um, my dad still says he was the best, one of the best Arsenal players that he's ever seen, wide player. You know, Archie saying Ian Wright. Yeah, I'm with Archie. It was Ian Wright for me. He was my favourite when I was growing up. About 92, I started watching Arsenal, 91, 92, about 91. And um, that was the one we'd signed him. And it was, oh, it was what a signing that was. He's unbelievable, wasn't he? Shares the same birthday as me, boys, as well, Ian Wright. He oh, looks, a, well, bit, uh, go, looks a little bit older than me, though, doesn't he? But, yeah, November, no. you're <laughs> November, so your birthday's coming up soon then. Like, yeah, mate, November. further November, mate. Further November. Uh, Dan, Danny, I don't know about Danny. Is he lying about his age there? Charlie Nicholas and Kenny Sampson. I thought it'd be a little bit earlier than that, Danny, if I'd be honest. <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're lying to us there, like, you know. Kathy, Rocky. Oh, you know what I mean? Great one there. So, uh, yeah, some real, you know, Charlie Nicholas again being mentioned. What's a you know, was it in our he would have divided opinion if the social media was about now, boys. I tell you, Charlie Nicholas, you know what I mean? Mm. Very similar to uh, a certain player we've got now, like you know. Um, Lee, are you, are you old enough to remember lots of players who for Arsenal, best Scottish player? God, the best, well, the best Scottish player for me was, was Charlie Nicholas, you know. Um, <laughs> we haven't had that many Scottish players, you know. Willie Young was, does he play for Scotland? I think he did it. I think he was yeah, I think Scottish. So. Biggest willy in the land. Well, biggest willy <laughs> in the land, yeah. You've got a big willy, like, you know, I have to, you have to come back to me with, that, with some Scottish players, you know. The only Scottish players I can really remember, Charlie Nicholas and Paul Dickoff, no comparison. Um, I love Charlie, you know, so, um, you know, like Paul Davis, you know, that's been mentioned now. <laughs> <laughs> Lil Bentler has got a little mention here, like, dear, uh... dear. Frank McClinton, Tommy Docherty, yeah, Tommy Docherty, good one, Frank. Tommy Docherty, like Frank McClintock, of course, Frank McClintock, legendary captain, yeah. So, um, a little bit before my time was our Frank, but um, yeah, what, what, you know, my dad again, another one that remembers the 71 side, you know, 
my dad always says he's in the in the mould of Tony Adams as captain Frank McClintock, like you know. So I love all these sort of um, going back to the old days, reminiscing, like, reminiscing, reminiscing, like you know. Ray, Ray Parler's got mention here, and that just shows you, you know, not the most gifted of players, but my God, he made that with it in every other way, and was probably. Um, one, one of the most underrated, wasn't he? Yeah, most underrated, I, think, I, I think if you go in and say now one of the top 10 players, I think Ray would have to be up there, you know. Mm. Frank, you know, going was... back to McClintock as well, he's an absolute gent as well. Is he really? Yeah, I'd, because... yeah I couldn't I, imagine so. I had, I got, had an interview arranged with him and I, I thought I was going to go meet him somewhere and he literally invited me to his house Invited me in for a drink, sat there for ages talking Arsenal. He didn't have to do that. He's an absolute ah, gent. Fantastic. Legend. Right, you know? fantastic. Nice. George cool, Graham, another Scotsman that played for Arsenal. Should have remember, reminded me, should have known that one, like, you know. Yep. So. <laughs> so we've had some good Scottish boys at the end of the day, then, haven't we, like, you know? So. Well, let's hope there's another one in Kieran Tierney, then, eh? Let's hope they're as good as him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's hope that there is, like, you know what I mean? So listen, we've been getting out for an hour and six minutes. I've, I've, I've finally enjoyed that, boys. Finally enjoyed Very it. Very good. Though, you know? Cheers, Lee. So, um, you know, uh, I hope you've, everybody's enjoyed it. Thanks for joining in on the chat. Bob Wilson has another one. They're all coming through now, the Scottish players. Merson, you know, Paul so, Merson. So, Paul, Paul Merson, what a great player he was. I remember seeing his first guy, I think it was against Norwich, and I said, he's going to be a player. And, um, yeah, he turned out to be a wonderful, wonderful player for us. Like, you know, so, some good time. We'll have to do that. We'll reminisce about the old players. Uh, we'll do a show when we ain't got saying on. We'll reminisce about all the old players. Of course, I quite like that, like that. But anyway, let's guys. Thanks for taking your time out today and talking to us. And um, we're we're going to have a little break now because obviously it's international break, like so. We won't be about next week. I don't know what's going to happen the following week because we have a game against Sheffield United. Whether we can fit saying in on the Tuesday or the Wednesday, we'll have to see how it goes. But we'll be back in a couple of weeks after that, if not like. So uh, everybody have a lovely week off and uh, enjoy what you're doing. Stay safe out there. And um, and Dan, do you want to say goodbye to everybody? And how many we have in the chat today? Because there seems to be loads in there. Do we, do we know Harry or not? Uh, we had we peaked at around about three hundred people watching live, oh, yeah. um, which is great. It's fantastic. And a thank you to everyone who gave those donations. Yeah, brilliant. As, right, yeah. as we said at the start of the program tonight, we were uh, raising money for uh, a gentleman who needs some treatment. Uh, so that family will be hugely appreciative. I'm sure. I'm looking forward to going and telling them how many people donated um, to help their cause. So thank you to everyone right. for that. Yeah, thanks for everybody for doing <laughs> that. Like, you know, Harry, Dan, thanks for joining us and all that. And uh, a great time. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. So keep yourself safe and come on, you Gunners. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.